everybody. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, January 28th. I am your host, Danny Webster, and I very much appreciate you stopping by for another episode of this here podcast. I believe we're on episode 80. I'm looking, I am thinking of that without looking it up, but I'm pretty sure today is episode 80. So I appreciate that you are here. If you have been here for all 80 episodes, one, God bless you. Two, I appreciate you doing that. If this is the first time you have stumbled upon this podcast, welcome to you. That's first and foremost. But we are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you consume your podcasting. We've made it very clear before that there are probably multiple podcasting forums out there, but we're just going with those because I know for a fact it is on there. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, the show itself on Twitter at locked on VGK. You can follow me on Twitter at Danny Webster 21, or if you like sending emails, cause emails are fun too. And I do appreciate all of you who have sent emails for today's mailbag episode. We will get to those later. Uh, you can send an email to locked on golden nights at gmail.com. So yes, today is the mailbag. Finally, we have it's been a long time since I've been able to do a mailbag. We are going to get to it today. We got a lot of questions. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to answering these questions. A lot of them actually came via email, uh, as I alluded to earlier. So thank you to those of you who sent in your questions. We will be uh, going over those in a little bit. But first, we do have to start with some news, uh, some very interesting news. And I know that we really haven't touched on uh, the American Hockey League side of things on this podcast, and that's one of the things that I want to do more of going forward. Um, but as it pertains to this news that was that came out yesterday uh, in light of the AHL, uh, AHL President Dave Andrews announced yesterday that the Vegas Golden Knights are in discussions on buying an AHL franchise with the hopes of bringing it to Las Vegas. Huge news out of that one, as you know, currently, as we all know, the Golden Knights are currently affiliated with the Chicago Wolves. They have been since year one of their inception. And for the past two seasons, the Golden Knights have had sole control of the well, not sole control. I don't think that's the right word, but they have been solely affiliated. There we go. That's that's a lot better. Solely affiliated with the Chicago Wolves. You'll recall back in year one, the St. Louis Blues and the uh, Golden Knights split players with the uh, with the uh, Chicago Wolves. Uh, multiple reports coming out yesterday suggest that the Golden Knights are trying to get this accomplished by next season which that's a very quick turnaround. If they plan on doing this, they're probably going to have to get this in motion uh, within the next couple of months. Uh, Ken Bulky from Sinbin, a good friend of the podcast, even though we haven't yet had Ken on the podcast, we're, we're going to make it happen at some point. Uh, Ken reports that the Golden Knights and the Wolves had a five-year agreement with an out clause after three. Uh, Ken was also first to report that the AHL team would play at Orleans arena if that sounds familiar to you uh that should be because that is where the las vegas wranglers played for 11 years uh before the orleans arena decided to not renew its lease with the former echl club which you will also remember that the former echl club 
was once the home of Derek Anglin. <laughs> Go figure. And uh, studio analyst Mike McKenna. There, there, can't forget that as well. Uh, Jesse Granger from The Athletic also reported that the team, should it happen, or when it does happen, if, when, how, uh, will be named the Henderson Silver Knights. Now, obviously, that makes a whole load of sense. Um, but very interesting to note that, uh, this is primarily going to be based in Henderson. It's not going to be called Las Vegas, which I think is pretty cool. I think that is, uh, a nod to, uh, the other major part in Southern Nevada, which I think sometimes gets often overlooked. I mean, I live there for God's sake, so it makes a lot of sense. Um, this would also, I think this would also nearly guarantee and I'm and I don't want to say that I'm sourcing this or anything of the sort, nor do I have any knowledge on this. Um, everything that has been taking place over the last 24 hours has been primarily because of the uh, AHL All Star Game, which is in Ontario, California, which I know a few people are at. Um, I would have to venture to guess that this would be where. Uh, the new Golden Knights practice rink on Water Street would come into play. And I feel like it would be the practice home, if you will, of the Henderson Silver Knights, should it come to fruition. So that is where we are at. Both sides, the Wolves and the Golden Knights, released uh, very bland statements. that They both confirmed that there have been discussions going on. Uh, but right now, both teams are committed to playing... Um, playing out this current agreement should the Golden Knights enter the opt-out clause and we'll see how that goes from there. Uh, this I believe is a good move for multiple reasons. One minor league teams need to be close to home. Uh, you think of all the teams that are in the Pacific area, the Southwest area, the sharks have the Barracuda also in San Jose, the ducks, they have the San Diego goals, the coyotes, they have the Tucson Roadrunners. The list goes on and on. Even if you go into Texas, you have the Dallas stars, you have the Texas stars, Texas in Frisco. It's not that far from Dallas minor league teams, especially given the current climate of the uncertainty of minor league hockey players, it would be beneficial for them to be close to the, the major league franchise, if you will. Um, for all the, I, I know that we've talked a lot about how sending players up and sending players down that it, to save cap space is one thing. It's another thing when you literally have to have these players travel from Las Vegas to Chicago and, and well, technically Rosemont, but technically and even backwards to Rosemont back to Vegas, even if it's on a one day, two day trip, that, that takes a toll. I mean, I don't care if you're a professional athlete to take a plane ride for three, four hours and to come back and then to go back. It just doesn't make sense. If you're going to have a, a minor league team, it should be close to home. Now, again, it, it's not the golden Knights fault that they had to go with Chicago. I mean, the wolves have been, you know, a great organization for Vegas to throw its players into the pipeline and they've been absolutely spectacular. So again, it's not their fault. Um, but if there's any sort of disdain between any of the parties, I would venture to caution you. Um, it is a lot better to have an AHL team or minor league team in the city or at least the close proximity of the major league team. It, it bodes well for a lot of things. Uh, the second reason I think this is good, 
really you need to revitalize the minor league hockey scene in Vegas again. Uh, when the Wranglers were here, they were one of the best teams in the ECHL. And at one point they were really the talk of the town sports wise. I mean, I, I would remember, you know, getting the sports page of the RJ and there, there would be times where the RJ would have, you know, large spreads on the Wranglers. And I was just like, Oh, that's so cool. Cause you never thought that a professional hockey team would actually, you know, follow the Las Vegas thunder. And the fact that they had so much success when they were here, it was a lot of fun. And then you start reading toward the end of the Wranglers how everything was just the the whole thing with the Orleans Arena and that there was a chance that the Wranglers might have to play on the roof of the and I was like, what the hell is this? It, but the the long the long gist of it is, is that the Wranglers didn't not succeed because of on ice performance. They were really good on the ice. The problem was that the Orleans arena was not, was a problem site and it was losing money and there was no support from the state. And there's really only so much that you can get support from, especially on the ECHL front. This time would be different. I mean, Vegas would be basically running the show. Funds would be covered by Bill Foley. I'm presuming there would be a a place to play because I still think Orleans arena is still, a really good place to hold like minor league, you know, sporting events. Um, I thought that when the arena football league was at the Orleans arena, I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, I used to go to Las Vegas gladiators games a lot. And I thought that those games in that arena was, were so much fun. Um, so it is definitely a place. And I mean, they still have college basketball. They have the, uh, I believe, I believe it's the WCC tournament um, that they hold every year. Um, for college basketball. So it's definitely a place that is suited for smaller sporting events. And I think with proper funds in place, with proper ownership in place, and being able to cover the costs and to cover the fees, I think it would be a win-win situation. When you have a professional franchise backing you up, I think it makes all the sense in the world. And the third reason I believe it would work is because the city would greatly support this team. I mean, we've already seen how the city supports the golden Knights, you know, ticket prices be damned. There are people that still want to go see this team and for obvious reasons, but huge hardcore followers of this team would love to go see the young kids play a game or two. I, I think that would be ideal on all fronts. I think that would be, just a really good way to bring the whole hockey community, the whole NHL AHL experience together. As far as the community is concerned, the AHL already does a great job reaching out to kids doing community projects. I know the wolves have done a great job with their community outreach when it comes to kids and whatnot. I I think it's what makes the minor league scene enjoyable. And I think Las Vegas would be perfect for that. And you know, when you already got the support of the NHL franchise, you, you're going to get the success and you're going to get the, uh, the support for an AHL franchise. So uh, probably in the next coming, you know, couple months or so, we're going to see more news develop out of this. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, if this is finalized within a few months, if the, if Vegas really wants to get this thing rolling, if they really want to get the ball rolling. Um, I would not be surprised if this was done within a couple of months. 
So something to look forward to here that the Golden Knights are looking to get an AHL franchise and bring it to Vegas and increase the hockey scene here. And I think it would be absolutely spectacular. All right, mail bag time. We got a lot of questions. Let, let me count real quick because I, I had to narrow it down. I think one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight questions, uh, three of them from one person. So I do appreciate that. Again, uh, if you didn't get a question in for this mailbag uh, today, um, we'll be doing, I'm trying to do mailbags more frequently, but I got to rely on you guys to ask the questions. Uh, so if you want to get a question in, please feel free to do so and we will get those questions answered. So let us open up the envelopes and let us check the mail and do all that jazz. I need to get like, if, if America online, I think is still a thing, but I still think you've got mail is copyrighted. I need to get like, you've got mail or something like that. I sounded like the guy a little bit there. Um, Paul Williams on Twitter with three questions here. Uh, we'll start with this first one. Odds that the Golden Knights make the playoffs and win the Pacific Division. He says that he is at 70-30. So 70% they will for sure make the playoffs. 30% chance that they will still win the division. Um, you know, I still want to think that the Golden Knights are going to make a charge in these last 30 games. Um get get their asses in gear and win the division right now i would say uh well for sure make the playoffs they're definitely going to make the playoffs i would be shocked if they didn't uh to win the division i will put it at a 65 percent chance that they win the division so not bad but not great playoffs definitely at 100 i think he was kind of splitting it up here when he said 70 30 um so I, I I definitely do think Vegas will make the playoffs uh, winning the division. I think I'll still put it at 65% just because I think they're going to turn it around at some point and as well as make a move at the deadline to kind of put the jolt in there. Um, but that's where I'm at as far as them making the playoffs and winning the division. Next question he had was what defenseman would I target in a trade and what assets would I be willing to move for said defenseman? Relatedly, what assets would you be willing to give up in order to dump Cody Eakin's salary? That is really the elephant in the room. What can Vegas give up to acquire a top talent defenseman while at the same time retaining some of their assets and at also at the same time remove themselves from the albatross that is Cody Eakin's contract. Um, you know what? Give me one minute while I go on cap friendly here, and we're going to check out the Golden Knights um, draft pick situation. Because if Vegas is going to make a move at any point between now and the February 24th trade deadline, it is going to have to involve a boatload of draft picks. And you look at this year, for example, uh Vegas has their first round pick, two seconds, two thirds. They don't have a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. 2021, they have their first and then three second round picks, and they don't have a third, and they don't have a fifth. 2022, they have all of them, including the extra fifth round pick that they acquired in the Colin Miller trade. So they've got two tra- they got two draft picks from the Devils, they got one draft pick from the Blues. Vegas is going to have to use a boatload of them, I think, in order to get the defensemen they want. And the guys I keep seeing floated around, primar- the, the two biggest guys that I've seen floated around are Eric Gustafson 
and Sammy Votnin. Now, I think those two would be great as far as puck movers and guys that would initiate, you know, really offensive play from the D zone. And I think that's exactly what you need right now on this team. If they were able to somehow get Eakin's contract off the books, it's going to have to be like any other professional team. Whenever there's a contract, and and I and I can look to like the NBA again. NBA is my favorite league. I look to them for an example. If you're a team in the NBA that has signed a veteran player to, like he's in the final year of a three-year, forty million dollar contract, and he's not playing around. He's not playing to the status of thirteen million dollars a year. Um you're going to need to tack on a draft pick or two in order to sweeten the pot. In this case for Vegas, if they were to attach Cody Eakin to any deal, if they could, and and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that there is a chance that he will, and I'm saying he won't, but there's better chance that Vegas will not be able to trade Eakin. If they have to, they're going to have to attach some draft picks. They have the extra pick, uh, the second round pick from the Penguins this year is actually from taking Mark Andre Fleury in the expansion draft. So there you go there. And then they have one of the third round picks from the Devils, which could be a high third round. Well, actually, it is going to be a high third round draft pick. So you're looking at what would you be looking at? 65, maybe 66 range in that draft pick. So that might be something that teams would look at. Um Again, you look at last year, them getting Mark Stone, uh, they attached a second round pick and their top prospect defenseman, which I guess offsets from the fact that you didn't give up a first round pick. So I think in order to dump Beacon salary, you might need to take on one of those seconds and one of those thirds in either 2020 or 2021. I think that would be that might be able to entice a team to be like, all right, fine, especially a team that's not in position to contend the rest of the way. Because if they can take Eakin's contract at 3.85 and, and bite that bullet for the rest of the year, they'll be more content with having two with two draft picks and then letting Eakin's contract go off the books. So that, that's my way of, th- of thinking. And finally, Paul's last question is, what is going on with Alex Tuck? That is a very good question. Um, I, I kind of alluded to it about a couple weeks ago, I think it was... And the thing about Alex Tuck is that he's been playing out of position a lot, but I don't think that that should be, I don't think that that should be an excuse. I think that given who's on this roster right now, we can't sit here and say that if Alex Tuck was on a second line or if he was on the top line, that he would be doing so much better. We can't say that he's still what, 22, 23 years old. He's not even in the prime of his career yet. Um, So he's going to be a middle six guy. And right now that's what it's shaping up to be like going forward. But the problem is, is that the fact that he hasn't been able to score, I think has been a huge problem. Does he turn it around eventually? I think when that third line gets healthy and when Cody glass comes back and you can eventually move Chandler Stevenson to that third line, which is, I still keep, I still believe that that is the best third line you're going to do when you come, when come playoff time is glass with Stevenson and tuck. Then maybe then that's what you get because then you have glass who is a playmaker, who is a center that you need to get tuck going. I think that's going to help a lot, but for right now, it just 
for some reason, he has been struggling no matter where you put him. I thought him on the top line was going to be his wake-up call, and he had some of his worst games of the season on the top line. And he really hasn't. And, and to be fair, I think a lot of this has had to do with the trade for Mark Stone because Tuck was playing some of his best hockey when he was with Pacioretty and Stasny. Now, he's down on the third line. He's been up and down the lineup. I think he needs a consistent home. This is his consistent home. I think he's going to turn it around. But right now, I'm still a little weary that if he doesn't start putting up points when everybody starts getting healthy, then you have to wonder, is Alex Tuck expendable by the trade deadline? Because Cody Glass is going to be back soon. If he's not back by Friday, he's going to be back soon, or at least back before they come, they uh, return home against uh, Carolina on February 8th. If Alex Tuck does not play well in these next you know 10 or so games, I would be very, I would look very carefully at who is gauging the market for Alex Tuck. Now, I'm not saying that he is on the block. I'm not saying that the Golden Knights are looking to trade him. I'm not confirming on that. I'm saying if there is a chance that the Golden Knights can move on from Tuck and get a valuable asset, they would be willing to do that. Because right now, he's not, he's not playing to, up to his contract. Again, he's still 22-23, but the Golden Knights made a tough decision to give him that contract right after his, really, his rookie season, and so far, it has not paid off. Part of that is on who's a, who's ahead of him. Part of that is, is that he just has not played well to his role. And, and I'm sure there are definitely teams that would want to take a young guy like that if they were willing to give up a, val- a valuable asset in return. So I would keep a look on that for the next, you know, eight to 10 games or however many it is between now and the deadline. Um, if that doesn't come to fruition, I would not be surprised if Alex Tuck was on the move. Uh, Steven Taparik via email. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, asks how many games do I think the golden Knights will need to win to clinch a playoff spot and how many to win the Pacific. Now let's, uh, if we want to get the standings up here really quickly right now, the golden Knights, I believe are under 500 as a whole. Uh, let me pull up the wild card standings here. So Vegas right now at 25 wins, Vancouver with 28 wins up in first place and Edmonton and Calgary and Arizona all with 26. So 52 games left. There are 16 on the road, 14 at home. According to NHL fantasy on ice, uh, they have the ninth toughest schedule remaining in terms of percentage points, which I believe it was a 565 off the top of my head. I can't remember. So 16 on the road, 14 at home in their final 30 games. I think Vegas is going to have to win and it's going to be very tough given the schedule. They're going to have to win at least 20, maybe one or two less. I think if you can get away with that, but Vegas is going to may have to go on a run of where they're going to have to win 20 of their final 30, just, just to secure the fact that you can get, you know, at least 97 points, in that stretch, which I think would be fantastic for them. If you really wanted a, like a clear number to win, to get into the playoffs, I think you're going to need, 
I think you're going to need to win at least 15. You're going to need to win half of these games to at least ensure a playoff spot. If you want to win the division, probably going to have to be 20 of your final 30. Um, Vegas can definitely do that, given the talent and given what they're going to do at the deadline. But I think 15 to for sure get into the playoffs, you're going to need to win half. And you're probably going to need some overtime points if it comes to that. If you want to win the division, probably going to have to be 20. So that's where I will do that. And I'm, again, I'm bad with math, but that's that's what it looks like to me. Uh, James G via email says, will the Golden Knights score as many goals as there will be touchdown passes on Sunday in the Super Bowl? And do I have a prediction? Uh, so that would mean uh, in two games, because if I'm comparing Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo, there's probably going to be if you'd have to say there have to be at least seven touchdown passes, right? At least four for Mahomes and three for Garoppolo. I'd have to guess maybe five for Mahomes. If he keeps playing like this against that defense might be tough. Uh, So I'm going to say Vegas will score. I'm going to say they score seven goals and I think it'll be right on the cusp. I think, I think it'll either be eight touchdown passes between Mahomes and Garoppolo and seven goals so barely so i think the golden knights will not score as many goals as touchdown passes on sunday as for my super bowl prediction i still think it might be a little too early because i'm still weighing it but i will tell you this i enjoy the hell out of watching patrick mahomes play i and i don't know anybody who doesn't uh he is so fun to watch he the one thing i will be very happy see if if i do go to a raiders game or whatever the case may be I would go to Kansas City versus Vegas. It, it's so weird to say that. It, Kansas City versus the Raiders. Um, just because I want to see Mahomes play. I want to see Mahomes throw that damn ball. He, he's so fun to watch. He's so good outside the pocket. If he can... The the thing is with the 49ers is that they're going to they're gonna be able to bring three, four guys without the need for blitzing. And that's where Kansas City is going to have to really play its best up front. And Mahomes is going to have to make a lot of plays to get out of the pocket and make plays with his legs as well as his arm. Fortunately, he knows how to do that very well. Uh, Right now, if I had to give a prediction, I may change this for Friday, but I think Kansas City is going to win. It's so tough to call because you don't know about how he's going to do against that defense. But it is... It is going to be a very fun one to watch. Definitely better than last year. I'll tell you that. Uh, Harold in an email asks, I know you touched on this during the Gallant firing podcast, but do you think DeBoer is gone if the Golden Knights miss the playoffs? Ultimately, I don't think so. But, and this is a huge but, but I'm If the Golden Knights miss the playoffs, I would think that before Pete DeBoer is gone, there might be there might be some inkling for Bill Foley to fire George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon. Do I think that also means that Pete DeBoer is gone? I don't know because I can't imagine the Golden Knights going from Gerard Gallant to Pete DeBoer middle of the season and then after DeBoer finishes this season if they don't make the playoffs and they make another coaching change and then you have to wonder what in the world that locker room is going through I think ultimately at the end of the day if the Golden Knights miss the playoffs I think DeBoer stays but 
I don't think, and this is going to be a very bold prediction, I ultimately believe that if the Golden Knights miss the playoffs, one of, if not both, of George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon will be gone. Because I still believe that if they don't make the playoffs, it would be an unmitigated disaster for the Golden Knights because of everything that has transpired. If they don't make the playoffs, it is definitely on them. And if they're not gone, their seats are going to be blazing hot. So I will I will reserve judgment for DeBoer, but I would very much be paying very close attention to McCrimmon and McPhee. I, I will leave it at that. Uh, Amy via email asks, what arenas, not just for hockey, have I been to and which ones would I like to attend? That's a very good question. Um, not including hockey. So I have been to um, the arena in Phoenix, which I believe the Coyotes also play there as well. If not, uh, do they play? I think, no, 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 because they're in Glendale. The Suns play in Talking Stick Resort. I still believe it's Talking Stick Resort Arena. Hang on a second. Um, but I have been to that one. It is Talking Stick Resort. So that's where the Suns play. Um, I have been to the Suns Arena to watch the Suns and the Mavs play. It was actually my very first Mavs game um, that I ever saw was in Phoenix. Um, it was actually an awesome Christmas present. The only thing that sucked about that is that the Mavs didn't make the playoffs that year, but that wasn't the sucky part about that game. The sucky part about that game is that Dirk wasn't playing, and I was so crushed, but the Mavs won that game because I think Vince Carter had like 25 points or something like that. Um, that, that arena is really cool. That whole downtown area of Phoenix by the arena is top-notch. It's awesome. Um, I have also been to, to another basketball game, actually first NBA game I ever attended was in Philadelphia at the time it was the Wells Fargo Center. I don't even know if it's the Wells Fargo Center anymore now that I think about it. Um, actually, now I'm going to look that up too. <laughs> um, I'm doing this all on the fly, guys. Uh, let me let me see. Is it still Wells Fargo? Oh, it is still Wells Fargo. Okay. Or what was what was the old name of it? Maybe it wasn't Wells Fargo that I'm thinking of. It was another bank. Um, we're doing this all on the fly now. Cause now I'm, I'm curious, uh, what, what it used to be. Um, Wells Fargo center. It used to be the Wachovia. Was it the Wachovia center? Yes. Okay. So Wells Fargo merged with Wachovia and then Wachovia turned into Wells Fargo. That's exactly what happened. So I went to a Sixers bulls game 2005 was actually my first NBA game. And I was at, at the time it was Wachovia center and it was the Sixers and the bulls and AI, both AIs are actually still in the Sixers. Iguodala and Allen Iverson were still in the Sixers. The Sixers lost because some random dude, I can't even remember the guy's name. I'd probably have to go on basketball reference find, but this guy went off for like 30 points. I think he made like eight threes. It was the best game of his career. I don't remember who the hell it was. Um, but the Sixers lost. And then I remember getting home that night and finding out that the, that the Mavericks fired Don Nelson and Avery Johnson became the head coach. So there you go. That, that, that all ties in greatly. Um, so those are really the only reasons I've been to for, um, anything outside of hockey. The other ones that I've been to, obviously, 
uh, Capital One Arena in D.C. for the Cup Final. I was there for Games 3 and 4. And I was in SAP Center in San Jose last year for Games 1 and 2 uh, against the Sharks. I was also at SAP Center for the last time UNLV was in the uh, NCAA tournament, which they were a five seed that year. And that was the year with Anthony Bennett. Um, I believe Ken Birch was coming off the bench. Then Anthony Marshall was a senior. Caden Reinhardt was there as well. Um, it was that year and they played Cal who was a 12 seed and lost in the first round. And that was the last time UNLV has been in the tournament. And that was really the last year where we thought Dave Rice was actually a good basketball coach. Um, trying to think is there any other arena i've been to no i think uh i mean does orleans arena count and does thomas and max center count probably not um so i'm guessing you meaning outside of t-mobile arena and outside of las vegas those are the only arenas i've been to i've obviously been to stadiums i've been to at&t stadium for a football game and i have been to uh globe life park and globe life field which is now uh, uh the former home of the texas rangers um I have still not been to American Airlines Center. And that's one of the weird things. And whenever anybody asks me if I've been to a Mavs game or I've been to a Stars game, I've never been to one in AAC. At some point, I think next year I'm going to make it a goal that I will, but haven't been there yet. But it is definitely a goal of mine for sure. Uh, And final question, uh, Elias, Elias L., via email ask if the golden knights made the stanley cup final which team would you personally want them to play now i'm guessing this isn't like my whole uh you know who i think they would play they got like who i personally would want the golden knights to play in the stanley cup final if they got there and i'm looking at the top eight right now boston tampa florida in the atlantic washington pittsburgh in the islanders in the metro and then the wild card is columbus and carolina i would (laughs) you know what just because they're my favorite eastern conference team and it's not even close like i don't have a rooting interest but i love watching the hurricanes play i've loved watching them play for the last two years I would be ecstatic to go to Raleigh for the uh, for the Stanley Cup final. I think that would be awesome. I think it would be uh, a very fun matchup of a young, skilled team versus a very talented, heavy team in Vegas. I think that would be a whole lot of fun. Um, I also wouldn't mind going to Boston for a Stanley Cup final. I think Boston in June might not be so bad. I'd probably need to delegate all those potential thoughts to Jason Pothier of Simbin because he was from Boston. And I don't know if it's humid over there, so I don't know if I would do that. Uh, the sleeper team though, obviously without question. Um, actually, you know what? I would say this. I would rank it like this. I would go Carolina, number one. Number two, I'd go Boston because I want to go there. Number three, the Islanders because my mom's side of the family is from the Long Island area. I would have to assume that if the Islanders got to the cup final, they would have to play at Long Island, right? Like they could not play a Barclays under any circumstance whatsoever because ain't nobody going to go there. So it would have to be them and then Columbus because why not? Give me the Blue Jackets. I love the Blue Jackets right now. They are so, so fun. 
All props to Elvis, man. Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. Elvis has not left the building. All right, so that is a long, long mailbag. I do appreciate everybody for sending in your questions. That was uh, that was a lot of fun, uh, and we will do it next time. Next time I announce uh, mailbag, if you got any questions, please feel free to send them over. All right, uh, one look around the league before we get out of here. There were six games last night. Thank God, hockey is back. We are at the uh, the light is at the end of the tunnel for Vegas to play on Friday. Thank the Lord. Uh, six games last night, though, and the first game that we need to highlight, the Vancouver Canucks keep winning. I don't know at this rate if they're going to win the Pacific Division, but my God, they are gonna, they're on pace to make the playoffs. Nine straight wins at home for the Vancouver Canucks, 3-1, to one, beating the defending cup champion Blues, and Vancouver now is a three-point lead for first place in the Pacific Division. My only thought this whole situation by the way thatcher demko with 36 saves against the blues outstanding for demko imagine if vegas could actually win at home this year imagine if winning at home wasn't a problem for vegas just how much better would they be i feel like if the golden knights don't make the playoffs we're going to be looking back at the stretch of how they played at home and saying why in the world couldn't they do that just something to think about uh, the Dallas Stars with a very big time 3-2 to two victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning in overtime. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky came in there with a 10-game winning streak. Uh, it is over, but he is now on a point streak of, I believe, 11 games, unless his last couple starts went into wins and overtime losses. Last I know, he's at a 10-game or an 11-game point streak. Uh, Jamie Benn with two goals and the game-winning goal. That game-winning goal was an absolutely ridiculously filthy goal just making the play and man that was whoo the captain the captain the captain the captain so good uh caps beat the canadians four to two the devils beat the senators four to three in a shootout the maple leafs beat the predators five to two somebody go pour one out for the nashville predators because i'm going to venture a guess they are regretting firing peter laviolette if you are a team that is fighting for a playoff spot right now and you have fired your coach i'm going to venture a guess that you might be regretting it right now at least if you're well maybe if you're not new jersey that's one but toronto you're out of a playoff spot vegas you're clinging to a playoff spot by a thread i'm just saying that there's there are teams that are probably out there might be regretting firing their coach we're going to find out in the next few games if vegas will uh, but the Maple Leafs did beat the Predators 5-2, to two, and the San Jose Sharks beat the Anaheim Ducks 4-2 to two last night. 1,100 points, I believe, in a San Jose Sharks sweater for Patrick Marlowe, so good on him. And that will bring this very long episode to a fitting end. <laughs> um, tomorrow, not sure what we're going to do yet. You know, we're still in the, in the phases of trying to figure out what we're going to do. Um, but we are, we are at least halfway home. We are near the resuming of play of golden Knights hockey, and, uh, it is all going to be good. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, sharing all that jazz, no matter where you're at, please, uh, continue to support the podcast in any way you can. One of the ways you can do is to submit a review on Apple Podcasts and leave a rating. Uh, all of that is appreciated. It helps people find the podcast. It helps let me know what I'm doing, how I'm doing. Um, again, this is still kind of rather new for me. So the fact that you know people are 
listening and downloading this. I really greatly do appreciate it. So thank you for that. Thank you for those of you who have listened to today. And we will be back tomorrow with whatever the hell we're going to figure out what to talk about. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And let the music play us out because I love this damn music. Have a good one. 